Today on episode 456 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we were joined by Curtis de Lagerheim, owner of Grinders 13 on State Street. We talked about the history of Grinders 13, how Curtis became an owner, and what some of his favorite and not so favorite parts of restaurant ownership are. Local restaurants have been one of the hardest hit industries during 2020, and it was really great to hear how Grinders 13 was able to pivot during these times and keep making us the sandwiches we love. You know, Chrissy, I love talking to all these food places that we've been talking to, but they make me hungry. Oh my gosh, right? And I don't know how you survive through these conversations. I just eat a lot right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get into the conversations, let's introduce ourselves. Let's uh, let's tell the listeners who they're listening to. My name is Chris Hollifield. And my name is Chrissy Hollifield. And if this is your first time joining us on the podcast, I want to welcome you to the show. Make sure to hit that subscribe button in whatever app you're listening to this in. And if you're a longtime listener, you know what the show is about. But uh, if you are asking, what is this podcast all about? What am I about to listen to? This is a podcast where Chrissy and I, we're talking to the awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're talking to people that are doing cool things that are shaking the city up a little bit. We're talking to restaurant owners, uh, bartenders, tattoo artists, regular artists, musicians, anybody and everybody, like we said, that's doing something cool here in Salt Lake City. The craziest thing though, Chrissy, is we almost made it through 2020. Only two more months left. We're just so close to the finish line. So close to the finish line. It is officially two months away. It is close. Hopefully 2021 is a little different. Hopefully it's better, you know. Like you were saying with with, uh, uh, restaurant owners, you know, people like Curtis at uh, Grinders 13, you know, they're struggling right now. Yes, let's support local restaurants and go buy gift certificates. Keep them going through the holidays. My my heart aches. My heart aches for these people. They're amazing. So just a couple of more months, like I said. Yeah, a couple more. And Halloween is over, so that means the best part of the year is officially done, and we have a lot of, like, cold weather to look forward to (laughs) so luckily for me at least during uh, all this cold and hopefully cozy weather i get to have my morning coffee and you know what coffee is in my delicious coffee mug what's that chrissy (laughs) hugo coffee well of course it's the best (laughs) and it makes me so happy because every time i drink it i think of all the puppy dogs that we're helping support hey and if you want to find out more about the hugo coffee story go listen to episode 389 of this podcast it's when claudia and john joined us on the podcast to share their story. Now they're sponsors of the podcast. Kind of crazy how that works out that way. Hey, their website is hugo.coffee. Go check it out. Check out all the different coffee they have available. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners. We created a special promo code just for you and your friends. If you enter the promo code podcast when you're at checkout, you'll be able to get one bag, buy the second bag, get 50% off, in free shipping. Did that make sense, Chrissy? How he said this? It makes sense. So you're Worth buying it. a bag and then you get another one for 50% off and you're getting free shipping. So buy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Enter in that code podcast, P O D C A S T. Again, the website is hugo.coffee. I'm currently enjoying their bona fide dark roast. Remember to use the promo code podcast to get yourself exclusive buy one, get the second bag 50% off and free shipping for I Am Salt Lake podcast listeners and their friends. All right. Here's that conversation that we had with Curtis de Lagerheim from Grinders 13. So much history discussed in this podcast. I loved it. Such a great conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. I want to let's start right at the history of Grinders 13. I want to start right okay. there. Um, we we okay. can get into where you're from and stuff a little bit later, but 
I was telling you how I was talking to Isaac yesterday when I was getting my hair cut. And he was talking about how there were like three grinders 13s at one time. Is that true? Was there three? There was actually four at one time. So the West Valley store used to be... So it started out with my store that I bought. So I bought the State Street location uh-huh. in about 2010. Um, but Mo and Sylvia Gerard started Grinders 13 in 1973. They moved out from Nashville, New Hampshire for the skiing, as the story goes, and then kind of got a hankering for the sandwiches that they had back east in Nashville. And then they started the store. They had a location where they started a mine, 1618 South State Street. They um, had a location by Hillcrest High School out by Belgium Waffle House. And then they had a location on North Temple, two different ones, actually where the Red Iguana is now used to be a Grinders 13. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then they moved down the road and where the liquor store is on, used to be a Grinders 13 on North Temple. And that got, they got kind of transitioned out of that. And then they started the West Valley store. So there's just the two stores now. So they, they were kind of a, they were kind of a hub for a sandwich shop in Salt Lake City at one time. Well, they were the first sandwich shop. They were the first sub shop in Salt Lake City in 73. Nobody, nobody was doing sub sandwiches. They brought them to Salt Lake in 1973. Yeah. So oh. I started working for them when I got out of the army, um, probably about 95, 96. And Sylvia Gerard, she ran the West Valley store. And Mo Gerard, Maurice Gerard, ran the uh, State Street location that I'm in now. And they kind of took a lot of us in. You know, it's kind of a real family type or organization like mom and pop to the literal definition they kind of took a lot of us kids in back then and um, a lot of us stayed for a long time it was kind of my favorite college job i went on to graduate from university of utah and then um went and worked for juvenile justice services for about seven years but i kind of always had it in the back of my mind that i wanted to buy the shop that i'm in now funny thing is i got accepted into the university of utah to go for a master's degree in social work and then i had the opportunity to buy the shop at the same time so oh my gosh that that had to be like brutal yeah it was pretty brutal and that it it just was kind of i had you know i was in social work for like i said seven years and kind of had a distaste for it it seems like that would be a tough job to like keep up with emotionally even well, yeah, it's a huge burnout kind of job. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with, you're dealing, putting your heart and soul into a lot of these, these kids that eventually reoffending it back in the system. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough gig. Mm-hmm. So long story short, took over the shop in 2010 and uh, have been working it, kind of working it, operating it ever since. So it was like a, dr- you, you were mentioning it was a dream of yours to, to own a Grinders 13 at one time. I mean, was this something that like they I would, talked I would, I would about? Say, well, not, dream, not, not a dream, not a dream, but it's something you wanted to do. But was it something that the, the, they talked about you doing eventually one day? Was it, was it something that was discussed or how did that happen for you one day? Did it just get popped on you one day? We, like the Gerard family and, and all of us that work there were pretty close friends. We okay. all kind of stayed in touch with each other, you know, and I think, you know, went to, People in the, that worked in the shop got married and we'd all meet up again and stuff. So kind of all these times that I would run into them, I was like, I really want to buy the State Street store. Now, I just kind of planted that seed. Did you own any other businesses prior to Grinders? No, or this is no. your first business you ever owned. Yeah, it was a big kind of jumping off a cliff moment to do that. 
yeah. I never, I, I knew how to run the shop. I managed the West Valley location for a couple of years and kind of felt confident in, in running the shop. Um, but, you know, as that kind of Wizard of Oz moment when they pull the curtain aside and then you see all that's involved with it. That all, was all new the to other me. stuff that you didn't have to deal with before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. What was the hardest thing for you to like from just being an employee to actually taking over ownership? What was the hardest part of that transition? Kind of just uh, getting a grasp of all the, you know, paying taxes and, you know, making sure that, you know, I was I was pretty I was kind of guided along in the beginning. I would meet with Sylvia every quarter and she'd kind of coach me along. Um, but yeah, just managing the business side of it. The sandwich portion of it is fun. It's still something I really like doing. But yeah, managing it, hiring people, keeping people employed, you know, dealing with employment or employee issues and stuff like that. That's probably the hardest part. But yeah, just managing the money and paying the taxes and, you know, making sure all the the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. That's probably the roughest part. So what's your, what's your address there? Just for like to start right 1618 off. South state street. So yeah. And it, that's the thing it came in. It was a gold mine back in the day when it was right across the street from South high school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the kids the would just there. come across the street in droves. So it's a college now, which is a little different. We don't get much business from the students, more just the, the employees and professors at the school. Yeah, they're right down where Watchtower right, used to right, be. Right, right, where Watchtower was. Yeah, yeah. Watchtower yeah. Cafe used to be there, and there's a tattoo shop. Yeah, they're shop, definitely our neighbors. That's yeah. where I go get my dreads done, too. Yeah. It's right by there. Yeah. 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 Now, so they're individually, so there's only two Grinders 13 left, and they're individually owned. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, Mo owns the, the one in West Valley. He still owns that one. Okay. And then he owns both my building, or both, he owns both buildings, and I pay rent to him, so... Okay. Have you thought about opening more Grinders 13s then along uh, the Wasatch Front then? Or is this kind of uh, good enough then for right now? I've definitely thought about it. There's pros and cons to it. I like the neighborhood feel of just um, having the one store, uh-huh. at least running the one store. It's it's kind of, uh, you know, making sure it's consistent and run run the way I want it. It would be mm-hmm. difficult. I think a lot of people, they'll start opening other stores and then the consistency drops off because you just don't have that kind of hands-on you get a little, um, get a little overwhelmed you get a little yeah. overwhelmed with everything it's, and, it's and, hard yeah to it's, tough. it's tough control. i mean i've been lucky that the employees that i have are fantastic i you know i could put them in stores if i wanted to and they could run a store on their own but it is difficult i think mm-hmm. you know between the two stores there's even it's it's difficult to do that and they they managed to do that for going on 48 years. Yeah, yeah. That would be really hard because you do, you have different people at different locations and you just ha- have to kind of hope that they keep up the consistency without you mm-hmm. having to micromanage them. Or well, even suppliers right. and, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Now let's, let's talk about the menu a little bit, Curtis, here. Uh, for people listening, maybe they've never been to a Grinders 13. Maybe they don't know right. about the what, what you guys even offer there. And especially right now, I mean, that's one reason I want to focus uh, with everything with COVID, which I want to get into that, you know, the importance mm-hmm. of, of supporting local and everything, but what's, what's on your menu? I mean, let's, let's go a little bit down your menu here. Yeah. Well, it's Mo and Sylvia came from Nashville, New Hampshire. So it's a, the term grinders is kind of what they call a sub or a hoagie in, in New Hampshire. So a grinder is a big overstuffed sandwich. So, I mean, we have everything from cheese steaks, Philly steaks, 
to, you know, we still have veal on our menu that comes with spaghetti sauce or gravy. We have meatballs, cold sandwiches, you know, anything. I have 27 menu items, so I have 27 different sandwiches on our menu that we run the gamut on on anything there. Well, it gives our listeners a good idea, though, what, right. what you guys right. do. I offer. mean, yeah, we have stuff that people, you know, haven't really heard of. We have cheeseburger sub with pastrami and bacon on it. You know, we we kind of have anything you want. We can kind of make it for you. Wow, that sounds cool. That is pretty cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's a, yeah, it's the Texas Deluxe. You know, it's a sandwich that's been on the menu sounds for huge. a really long time. Hey, guess what? Health insurance open enrollment is going on right now. ARC Insurance is here to help you navigate the complex world of health insurance. ARC Insurance is a locally owned insurance brokerage that specializes in helping people find the best health insurance based on their needs and budget. In fact, ARC actually has a 10-point checklist to help you. Their complimentary health insurance open enrollment checklist will take you step-by-step through the process and help you gather all the necessary documents to make it easy. To get the complimentary checklist, visit arcutah.com forward slash checklist. That's arkutah.com forward slash checklist. And many thanks to Arc Insurance for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. What's your favorite sandwich on the menu? Or do you have like a, a specialty one, something that you kind of just made up? No, I stick to it. I, you know, I really still like the cheese steak, which is just a, a steak sandwich with American cheese, mayo, lettuce, tomato, and onion. I still really like that. And probably the Italian meats, which is, you know, honestly, one of the, I say probably one of the best sandwiches in Salt Lake. And that's just pepperoni, salami, ham, vinegar, and oil, mayo, lettuce, tomato, onion. I, you know, mm, I try to not good. eat as much as I used to. So I can fit through the front door <laughs> when it's time to leave. But yeah, I still have to have, I still crave it. I still have to eat, you know, a few sandwiches a week to kind of hit that craving that I have for it. So, and that's what I was wondering, cause you know, we've talked to so many eating establishments here on the podcast and it's so interesting to hear some of them get so sick of their food. Some of them can't handle right. it. Some of them, I mean, even yourself to hear you could still eat a couple sandwiches a week. I mean, that's. Well, it's great. Like with, with a, with a sub or a grinder, it's like, if you're in the mood for some, like a comfort food, you can get a meatball sub, but then if you want something refreshing, you can have like, you know, a like cold sub or what turkey avocado something like that can kind of clean the palate yeah we have vegetarian sandwiches too it's we have it all and then we have french fries which is different for a sub shop so we have fries make our own fry sauce so that's a little different twist on it as well okay that's nice for parents who have kids who will only eat french fries (laughs) (laughs) we have a a three-year-old that's all she I swear she. We can't go anywhere if they fries. don't have French fries. So oh, <laughs> I love that. What, uh, in your opinion, what makes a bad sandwich? Like, what's a bad? Are you a are you a sandwich snob at all? Like you personally? I well, I mean, just trying to you know navigate the consistency of my shop. I think it, it number one, it depends on the bread. Oh. You can have inferior ingredients, but and if you have really good bread, it makes all the difference in the world. So I mean, we are fortunate worked with a baker because we've lost bakers over the years we probably went through six bakers um in the lifetime of grinders and we have a really good baker now and our bread's really good what do you mean by baker there what do you like in in in-house baker or do you go out like out no yeah we i that's the thing i leave that to the professionals so the bakers but there's just there was a bakery in salt lake called curtails for many many years and it went out of business 
then we worked with neighborhood bakery out um, in Sandy and they stopped baking our bread. So we just kind of have to hustle. And, and, you know, we've been lucky with Salt City Bakery now that we've been with them for about six years and a really good product. And it makes our in turn makes our sandwiches shine. Now, is that tough for you guys, though, when you have to switch breads? I know this is might be a silly question, but I'm oh, sure that's a big well, deal for a business. People get attached to their bread. Yeah, like w- did, did right. you find transitions like that maybe even hurt your business a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's people that come in and they've come in since the 70s that say, you know, your sandwiches are really good, but they're still not as good when you had curtails. And I'm like, well, okay. Can't do Nothing much can do about, about that. It. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, you have to kind of, you know, we've – used breads in the past that we just didn't like, but we had, we were kind of forced to until we found a good fit with a baker who could bake, you know, our specific bread and make it to our standards. And, you know, we've been lucky so far. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. And it's kind of like, you don't have a lot of choices. Like Chrissy was saying, you know, it's kind of like, you no. got to kind of, but at least you're not going to Costco and just grabbing some, some like <laughs> yeah. hoagie yeah. rolls. Yeah, that would be, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the, the the challenges that you've had to deal with with COVID. I mean, I'm sure that it hasn't been friendly to uh, to your business. Is that? I mean, how has how's things been with with running grinders there? Well, for us, it was kind of I, I want to say it was like St. Patrick's Day. You know, we took our lobby apart, pushed all our tables to one side, and cleared our lobby out in the entryway to the shop. And we haven't kind of we haven't turned back since. We've just been doing take out and delivery and that's it. And, um, it's actually, it hasn't been bad. I mean, I, you know, I, there's a lot of people that have closed their doors and we've been able to keep, keep our employees and, and roll with it for the most part. And it's, it's been, you know, the community supported us through all of this. So it's been, it's been pretty decent for us considering why, why do you think some people, I mean, in your opinion, what, what do you think setting some people apart that are making them have to close their doors and some people not? Well, I think if you depend on if you're depending on um, people sitting in your restaurant, I think that's one thing. I think if you're depending on liquor sales, that's another. True. Um, if you're not if you're not able to kind of pivot like we were able to to just go specifically to takeout and delivery, then I think there's problems. I know there's people that have had success with having people in diners in their in their restaurants, but it's just something that it's not necessary for us, and it's almost it would almost be problematic because we'd have to hire someone just to keep up with the cleanliness that the health department wants if we were to have diners where, you know, cause we don't have wait staff. So, you know, wait staff can kind of cover that for sit in restaurants where we don't have that. One second here is someone. I think it's the neighbor. Oh, I, I, I was like, must be the neighbor. I want, if this is, <laughs> sorry, if this is picking up at That's all, okay. I'll try to get it. I was it listening out. to him. Like, I was like, vacuum yeah i thought maybe the kids were <laughs> vacuuming in the basement or, i did too and it's something. like you don't want to be like hey guys don't vacuum but yeah the neighbors <laughs> are out there doing doing yard work or yeah something. sorry we just kept hearing well, this time to get it done before it snows yeah yeah, yeah. True. Now, well no that's kind of what i'm curious like going into winter now right like we, we you gotta i'm sure you've thought about it a lot it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. things i'm sure you take one day at a time but it's like in Salt Lake City here, what can we do to support these businesses? I mean, I guess just keep ordering food there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think ordering food is important. I think when you do that, you kind of have to have a little more patience. You know, there's it's going to take more time. It's it's going to be a little more involved. 
you know, if you're used to going someplace and getting in and out and 45 minutes or, you know, you're not going to be served there. You know, the staffs are low, the staff is low and, you know, the, it's just the different protocols they have to go through. Just be patient. And I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, understand that restaurant owners aren't the ones that are putting the rules up. Yeah. I think that's something that, you know, you kind of run into. I think just respect that these restaurants are beholden to whatever the health department wants to do and respect that. And, you know, don't give people, you know, don't give restaurant wait staff, stuff like that. People that work their hard time because, you know, they're, they're jumping through hoops that they haven't been able, you know, to get their head around yet either. So, yeah, I just think patience and understanding that, you know, we don't make the rules. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you, we have to follow them. Have you guys run into like a lot of jerks at all coming into uh grinders 13 I there? I, no, I, it's more just kind of maybe silliness. Yeah. 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 You know, where people come in with their shirts over their faces and order a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, I, I haven't been too much of a stickler with people. I just kind of, you know, all right, make your order and then wait outside and then we'll, we'll get to you. Yeah. You know, but I do encourage them next time to make sure that they do follow the rules and wear a mask in the shop. Oh, I was going to say, let's talk about your deliveries. Are, is it in-house delivery service you're using or like Uber? Oh, no, Uber I use, um, or, I use the, just the kind of the, on the internet apps, Grubhub, Uber Eats and DoorDash. Do you use the new, uh, what is that? Chef, Chef, oh, Pan Chef Z? Pansy. Have you heard of that one? I I've heard of it. Okay. I've heard of it. I haven't really made any um investigation inroads to that. Not I haven't yet. Yeah. With us we had we had these delivery apps in place before all this happened and they were probably 10-15% of our business. At times they've been upwards of 50 to 60% of our business when, you know, when it kind of all fell down on us. Mm-hmm. So it it kept us alive. It's it's they do take a big chunk out of your profits, but money's money at this point. Well, and that's what I was wondering, like the percentage, because I've heard different people say, you know, some of the big ones like DoorDash and Uber Eats take mm-hmm. such a big cut when you're working in the food right. industry. Your margins are so little anyway right? Yeah. that it's like, what do you do? Well, I think for me, and it, it is a sacrifice. I think for me, I'm reaching a different audience. I'm also getting it out to them in a way that they feel comfortable with. So I guess on the on the flip side, you just kind of hope that maybe some of those people would be customers later on. Yeah. You know, when everything kind of returns to normal. Mm-hmm. But I, it's also, you know, it's profit wise. It's it's one thing. But I think you're also it's hard to in a business like this to kind of think about it. But you're also kind of providing something to the community. There was a lot of restaurants that were shut down in the beginning. And, you know, yeah, we're still making a little bit of money feeding people and and, you know, providing for them. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of touch and go. We've, we've done well, I feel like as well as we could have in the, in the pandemic. So I don't really begrudge anything at this point. Yeah. No, you got to be great, grateful that you're, you're, you know, you're still, still trucking and you're still. um... Well, yeah. And I I was able to keep most, I kept my employees and, you know, kept, and we've been able to keep them safe and, and operate in a manner that, you know, I think is sustainable even as far as this goes. And that's huge. I mean, the <clears throat> the fact that you were able to pivot and keep everyone safe and kind of keep everything afloat is a big deal in 2020, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. And especially for us, like we're on state street. I don't have any parking. Yeah. All I have is street parking. And for us to maintain the way we have, it just is, a, it's a, it's a tribute to our customers that, you know, they've kind of pulled, you know, pulled this out for us. 
All right, we're going to take just a minute of your time and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. utahmarijuana.org is your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I don't know if you guys remember Tim from back at episode 420. Go check that episode episode out. Tim from utahmarijuana.org. Look at that. We had him on the podcast. Now he's a sponsor. Utahmarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts makes getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. And with over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. And if you're in the West Valley area, check out utahmarijuana.org because they just opened up an office in your area. It's 3615 West, 1987 South, Building 8. It's actually right across the street from the new pharmacy up there, Beehive Pharmacy. So go check it out. Isn't it time that you took control of your own health? utahmarijuana.org and many thanks to utahmarijuana.org for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I know I'm near the beginning of this conversation, um, I was asking, like, you know, if you thought about opening more Grinders 13s, have you thought about other like type businesses? I mean, I, I've, we've talked to business owners that sometimes venture into other business adventure, like ventures. Right. I was wondering if that was the case for you, if Are you, you thought about new, a- new venues or anything like that, anything up your sleeve? Like serial well, I think I think there's a lot of, you know, there's always stuff on the back burner. We've kind of thought about a food truck. Yeah. We've, you know, thought about combining, you know, with um, one of the distilleries in Salt Lake and kind of doing a joint effort where we could be mutually beneficial to each other. You know, there's there's stuff there's always stuff out there and there's a lot of stuff that you just kind of BS about. What if we did this? So, I mean, it's just kind of it's just sometimes it's just kind of spitballing stuff. But I mean, there's always things out there that we're kind of thinking of. Well, no, and I was totally. wondering if it was kind of one of those things on the back of your head. I mean, obviously, this year is probably tough to think mm-hmm. about much right. more than just staying afloat. But, you know, even well, doing a podcast, I'm always thinking yeah. of new podcast ideas right. and right. new. I think people, you know, I think if you're a kind of person who does take over something and run something, it's interesting to see if you're there's like two kinds of entrepreneurs, the ones who start businesses and the ones who run businesses. And sometimes right. you can. Well, it, and that's the thing. Like there's, exciting, there's definitely opportunities out here. There's definitely opportunities. You know, there's a lot of yeah. restaurants shutting down. There's a yeah. there's a big void to fill if you want to, you know, it's it's a scary time to go out there and start something or, you know, pivot into a new direction. But I mean, there's definitely lots of opportunities out there now. Yeah. What would you tell a business owner? Like, let's say right now they want to start a business up and they're just like, okay, I want to start a business. I mean, do you have any advice for them? I mean, maybe it's not a food business, right? Just like just a business well, I just in general. kind of know your, know your audience, set your, you know, set your sights a little lower than probably, you know, with the limitations that are out there, people can't, you know, your interaction and stuff like that is, is limited. So yeah, I would just say you start small and kind of build up maybe with looking, you know, forward to a year from now where everything, I guess, if it returns to normal or yeah. whatever, we're going to call normal at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where, where is We didn't even talk about, I know I mentioned at the beginning, we normally talk about like where home is for you and where you grew up. And I said, let's touch on that later, but we, we haven't just gotten got excited yeah. about sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. No well, I wanted deal. to jump right in there with sandwiches. <laughs> right. You mentioned right. high school, you mentioned high school that you were working at Grinders 13. So you must've grown up for the most part here. I was born in Colorado. I lived in, as a young kid, I lived in Colorado, South Dakota, Iowa, Alaska. Oh, wow. My family, yeah, my family moved here in 1983 and I've been here ever since. I had a little bit of, I I went to school mainly, I went to Judge and then I went to Taylorsville. I didn't start working for for Grinders until I got back from the Army. Okay. And uh, was going to college at the University of Utah, Salt Lake Community College at that point. Um, But yeah, I was... I was stationed in Germany for two and a half years. Um, I was a uh, generator mechanic. So I was stationed in Germany for two and a half years and then came back to Salt Lake. Started going to school and yeah, picked up working at Grinders, just kind of as one of my jobs back then. And it's been a love affair ever since, right? It's just been this, this. (laughs) It really was. And I would attribute that to probably, like I said, Sylvia Gerard. She was one of, she was the, you know, the wife she was the husband and wife operation. She was the owner of the West Valley store. And she just, she really took a lot of us under her wing and kind of developed us as human beings. And we were kind of a lot of jerk offs from high school and kind of going through life. And she kind of took a lot of us cast offs and and really made us feel like we were part of the family and, and kind of coached us along in life. And I think it just, that kind of led to me, you know, doing a lot of work I did with the juvenile justice services and then moving forward, even with hiring people that I hire now, I, I can give people a chance Yeah, because I know she did that for a lot of people and changed the course of a lot of people's lives, even just being this owner of a sandwich shop. The thing that I love about that is that you, like, you went to school to help in the social work system. But what you're doing, in my opinion, what she's done and what you have done and that you're kind of like passing on the tradition of just giving people opportunity that's probably just as important on a different aspect on a different like plane than social work, but it's like the same type of work. And it's, it's really cool. Like, I love that that's incorporated into it. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, there's, there's people all over the Valley that, you know, have been touched by her and and what she's done for people. So it's just second nature to kind of pass that on and then, you know, kind of give people a leg up. To I get love that out of their situations. Speak, mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I'm curious your thoughts on like finding good help today versus like even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Cause it seems like a lot of, uh, especially f- eating places these days that again, people we've chatted with, they have a really tough time finding good help. And it's like you hear stories of your time working at like places like that in your high school days. It's like, where, were we different then? Or is it, you know, it's like, were, were they saying the same things about us that we didn't? You know, weren't good workers, but yet we had these visions of like them helping us out. I don't know. I'm just wondering what it is different that like why you had such a good experience and why today it's just so tough to find good help. Cell phones. Right. Could be. I think that there's I know I don't want to speak for a generation, but I think there's a stigma as working in food. Yeah. When I was in high school, I worked for Arctic Circle. I worked for Marie Callender's. I worked all kinds of kind of menial food jobs. And it was just something that you did as a high school student. A lot of my friends did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now I just don't, you know, there isn't that, you know, I can put a sign up that says help wanted. I have to actually physically go out and look for people to fill positions in my shop. It's not, I don't know if it's the neighborhood or what or the generation, but 
I just think that as far as food, there's it's it's difficult to find help because right now you look at it. Everybody, there's not a restaurant out there. I don't think that's hiring. I you know I I have an open position right now and I can't fill it. Wow. And I think back then it was just something you did, and it was it was a fun job, and and you know, I mean, we had a lot of fun at Grinders when you know when I worked there. Well, what what are you look what are you looking for? Let's let's throw it up here on the on the podcast, man. Open job you know, application. It, 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 sometimes it's just a warm body, yeah. uh, to come work at the shop. But you know, I had a really good employee, you know, and what happens is they find a better gig and they move on, and you know, mm-hmm. it's. I think we'll always remain friends, but I think right now just kind of looking for somebody to run the cash register, somebody to kind of give um, the guys that work for me now, you know, a day off and, and kind of move forward. But, you know, we're kind of a, I've had, I've had one employee for almost nine years. um, And I have another one that's been with grinders for almost 15 years. So, I mean, we've, it's, it's difficult to just find that it's always difficult to just kind of find that last piece yeah. because people move on with their lives. Cause you know, owning the shop is one thing, but you know, working in a sandwich shop isn't necessarily a career. All right. We're going to take just a couple of minutes now and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors, market source, real estate. Hey, are you thinking about moving to salt Lake city? Are you looking at finally getting out of the rent game and finally buying your own home? Well, you need to contact our good friend Monique over at Market Source Real Estate. The cool thing is, guys, is she helped us find the home that we're recording this podcast in right now. And for the last 20 years, Market Source Real Estate has been specializing in helping people just like you and me buy and sell homes in Sugar House as well as the greater Salt Lake area. Market Source Real Estate has a background of flipping houses, and they've even owned almost 20 homes themselves, so they really know all the ins and all the outs of older homes if older homes are your thing. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. All right, so if you're looking to move to Salt Lake City or if you're looking to maybe just move across town, call Monique. I'm serious. Her number is 801 810-6773, or you can just go over to the Market Source Real Estate website. That is thinksaltlakecity.com. All of her information is right there, plus lots of other great information about Salt Lake City and uh, things to do, places to eat, stuff like that. thinksaltlakecity.com. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So, man, when you're not in the sandwich shop, what what else do you do with your time, man? Like, as we get to know Curtis a little bit more here in the podcast, right. like, what? It, I mean, is it is it sandwiches all the time? Is it Grinders Thirteen all the time, seven no, days a week, or what? No, it's not. I, you know, I I have a three year old and a well, four year old okay. coming up. He'll be four in, in April, and I have a fourteen year old daughter. So, a lot of my time. It, that's the other thing, kind of, with owning a business is balancing that. I don't necessarily want to be in the shop at all the time that's why i have good employees because i do you know i hang out with my kids my wife um you know i work a lot around the house projects you know constant things like that i rebuilt a travel trailer this summer oh wow so we've been doing a little camping this year trying to get away and kind of you know do some things where we unplug the kids and and take them out and new experiences kayaking stuff like that very cool very cool that is cool 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, then it's still as much as I cook at the shop, I still am kind of an amateur barbecue enthusiast and do uh, quite a bit of cooking at home and, you know, get togethers. Well, used to be get togethers and weekend barbecues and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with some barbecuing. Nothing wrong with some barbecuing. Hey, there's uh, we have a few standard Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody Mm -hmm. that comes through here. Um, so we're going to ask you, of course, we have, okay. uh, we have family and friends. They visit Salt Lake city, right? They come visit us maybe during the summer, winter, whenever. And they're like, give right. us the tour, show us around. You all hop in the car, you start driving. Where do you, I mean, do you show, like, do you have areas of town you show people or the mountains or the lake or the temple? I don't know, man. Where, where do you? Well, definitely the mountains. I think, you know, a lot of times thing is, is all my family that used to live in Salt Lake now lives in Colorado. So when they come into town, then we go visit all of their favorites. So when my mom comes into town, we go to the Dodo because that's her favorite place to go. You know, there's Bombay House, you know, up. we go there quite a bit. I don't really have too many people that come into Salt Lake to visit me from out of town. They just want to revisit all their old haunts and, and you know, get the things they've been craving. <laughs> but I mean, you know, stuff like going to, you know, when I have kids. So, I mean, going to Ruth's up. Up, up the canyon and yeah. going to the zoo and you know we go to lagoon and stuff like that but sure. it's All just good you know we're kind of an old school family you know i still kind of i still like all the kind of the freewheeler pizza stuff like that in salt lake that's been around for years that it's just kind of those standards that you always kind of have to have well, and that was that was one of my questions too. You mentioned like Dodo and and then mm-hmm. Bombay House. Pizza, Bombay House. Yeah. You know, favorite local eating spots. I didn't know if you know yeah. you, you already mentioned a couple there. And I mean, obviously, Grinders yeah. thirteen, but I you know obviously yeah. can't eat sandwiches I, I all the time. There. I, I don't go out to eat there, but yeah, I am there all the time <laughs> eating. <laughs> you know, there's there's some just cool things in my neighborhood. You know, I we always I have a group of friends that especially before COVID we would kind of have a business meeting over at Piper down on Fridays and eat there and kind of, you know, I have a couple of buddies that are, that own businesses. So we'll kind of meet and, and chop it up and kind of make sure that we're all sane. Um, but yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in my neighborhood. You mentioned watchtower and then, you know, feelings and emotions and stuff like that. We, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're kind of neighborhood based and I like to support, the mom and pop places out there. And then the places that, you know, are, are upstart businesses in my area. Speaking of supporting mom and pop businesses, this just popped in my head. I mean, this is a big thing uh, I've seen on the internet and I want to mention it here for our listeners. If you want to support businesses this winter, I mean, you guys offer gift certificates, I'm sure, right? People can Mm -hmm. get gift certificates if they're, you know, that they're buying it and then just go get the food later on, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. for Christmas. Why not buy a, Bunch of gift certificates to local oh. local restaurants. Oh, oh. Well, it makes perfect I mean, sense. And yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's in flux of cash for people, you know, that, that are struggling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a good idea. I, my, my gift certificates, I'll sell a few around Christmas. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a good idea to support people in any way you can. And, you know, maybe, you know, and then spend the, go back and cash them in when there's brighter days ahead. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, cause some people maybe aren't comfortable with going out. Right. And it's like, Hey, that's right. fine, but it's right. like Hold support them now buy the gift certificate. What yeah. would, what would you change about Salt Lake city? One or two things. That's another question I like to ask people that come through here, man, is like, it's, let's say they had the power, they were the mayor. I don't know whatever. Not that the mayor can do a whole you lot. You are the but... king of Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of the only 
drawbacks for me in Salt Lake outside of maybe the Salt Lake's pretty diverse. So I think there's that. I think it's fairly, it's more diverse than it used to be. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that the biggest downfall of Salt Lake is just how shitty our air gets in the the beginning of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if there was something to do there, I mean, it's, that's the only drawback that I really have. And I know that's a lot. My parents left because of that, just because it, you know, it's just something that you can't get past. It gets pretty dark and dreary here, you know, in, in February and March. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's one thing that, I would like to see changed if I had that power. But I think for the most part, I think, you know, Salt Lake's kind of an, it's an impressive place considering where we're at that, you know, we do have the, you know, the food scene, the music scene, you know, everything that's here. I think I like to say that, you know, the dominant culture has kept a lot of people out of Salt Lake. So we're not like LA and all these other places. So, I mean, I think it is kind of nice that we do have kind of a smaller town feel and 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 but all the all the benefits of being in a big city are kind of starting to arrive in Salt Lake. But yeah. but like you said, I mean, it's been interesting to watch it change over the last you know ten years, mm-hmm. really. Uh, even really since even doing this podcast, you know, mm-hmm. in the last eight right. years, it's it's been interesting seeing the progression of. Uh, it's been really nice. Here, so. I've been enjoying it. Hey, man, before we let you go, first of all, I mean, it's been great to have you on the show. I mean, finding out more about your story. I mean, was there anything you were hoping we would talk about? I know it's tough to get to everything. I like to just kind of skim the surface with things and give people an opportunity to find out a little bit about you and Grinders 13. But was there anything you were hoping we we could promote or talk about? No, I just think I just think the biggest thing, you know, not just my business is to get out there and kind of. And support all the places. I think that one of the big drawbacks of Salt Lake, I think everybody gets so excited about these chain stores coming in. And I think it's that's one of the downfalls of Salt Lake. Everybody gets really excited about those. Mm-hmm. I, You know, you've seen a lot of local businesses. Um, I think it's Sampan that's leaving. And, and yeah. you know, it's these places that are just kind yeah. of disappearing. And, it, you know, just kind of remember those places that kind of give Utah or Salt Lake its character and and, you know kind of things that you can't find in other places in other cities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love so it. So you just kind of give us, give us a leg up out there because it's not easy being in the restaurant business right now. Now, how can, uh, how can people get a hold of you? What's the addresses again, website? I mean, you're on social medias. How can people right. connect? Yeah. We're on Instagram, grinders, 13 SLC, um, 1618 South state street. Our phone number is 801-467-3676. Call us. We can have the food ready when you arrive. You know, we can get you in and out of there safe and secure and you can trust that we're, you know, package the food to go and, and that, you know, everything's on the up and up. And if you go in there and get a sandwich, mention you heard him on I Am Salt Lake podcast, right? Just say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. I mean, I don't know. It'd be, right cool. On, yeah. It'd be cool to, yeah, do that. to say, I listen do to this. Bump. Yeah, do the elbow bump. Man, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever you're allowed to do these days. But Through the plexiglass. Yeah. yeah. We can do that. <laughs> hey, Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here, Curtis. I'm going to let her throw it out there at you. It's been an honor to have you on the podcast. I, oh, thanks I, so much. Everybody that it's comes been really through fun. here, I, I love connecting and staying in touch and, and seeing how the businesses uh, progress and change and, and, you know, you keep afloat, especially right now. Thanks. So, yeah. You know, appreciate welcome, that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chrissy. Thanks. Okay. Rip, before we let you go, I only have a tiny little question. No pressure. If you could leave our listeners with a motto or a piece of life advice, what would you tell them? Oh, I think, you know, for what I've kind of learned is, you know, don't be afraid to make the hard choices. You know, I think moving forward with I did with the business, it was a big I always call it kind of that jump off the cliff moment. 
I just, sometimes you just gotta hold your nose and jump off and see what happens. I think that's kind of what I've learned with, with my situation. Thanks again to Curtis D. Lagerheim for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If you want to follow Curtis or Grinders 13, you can find the links and resources on our website. And to go straight to this episode's show notes, you can go IamSaltLake.com slash 456. That'll take you straight to all the links for this episode. It is the first episode of the month. That means we give some love to our Patreon supporters. But before we give love to our Patreon supporters and thank them, let's do our weekly recommendations, Chrissy, because I want to hear what you have because I can't see it. On the screen here. It's usually, a surprise. usually we can see it on our on our computer <laughs> screen here. But sometimes what, I like to keep it away from you. What's uh, what's your recommendation? Oh, my recommendation is a local salsa chip del- ch- salsa and chip delivery service. Oh, that's right. I remember you told me you were going to recommend. Oh that. man, Don Air Ambro. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Close but enough. Holy cow! They dropped off their salsa and chips for us, and I think I ran out of the guacamole almost immediately. It is so good. So I'm like, you, save some for the rest of us. Uh, yeah, no, that's not happening. It's all mine. It's so good. You guys got to check them out. Follow on Instagram. Yeah, they're on Instagram. We're, I know we booked them on the podcast, actually. Oh, yeah, they're going to come on weeks, the podcast. In a couple of weeks. Uh, they're like a delivery service. I don't know all the details. And it's really good. And their mild guacamole is still kind of spicy if you're a wimp like me. So I really kind of like it. It yeah. just has a mild with a kick. Uh, it's D-O-N dot A. R A M B U R U. It's a mouthful. Is there, it is. I, it's a lot of letters. Um, but yeah, that's their Instagram handle. And while you're getting some of this delicious salsa delivered, make sure to get out and vote. That's my weekly recommendation because this is the week, you guys. Uh, we're not going to get political right now. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm just going to tell you to vote because uh, that you know that's what we do, right? That's what we're supposed to do as. Uh, as citizens, right? Yeah. You know, and I'll tell duty. you what, it's our duty. this this is the first time that I've ever seen that our kids are very upset that they can't vote. Really? I mean, I've never seen kids so active. Oh, yeah. Then they're just like, you better, you know, because all they can do is yell at their parents. You better vote. I remember when I was 18 and I voted for uh-huh. the first time. I was so excited to vote. Right. Yeah. Like the first it was, I was like 18 years old. Just exactly. I can't remember all the wow. details, but it was like one of the during one of the Bush elections. I do remember mm-hmm. Bush was running. For, you feel like such a grown up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we we just voted and I feel like I I made a difference. I put my vote out there. You you made do a difference. It. Hey, so we got Patreon supporters. It is time to give them some love, though. We got uh, we got some good ones. I'm just going to run down the list here of Patreon supporters. If you want to become a supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake. Uh, go to I am Salt Lake.com. It's, it's in our show notes as well. Uh, our supporters. We love these guys and gals. Uh, we got Mark Copeland, Nick Naylor, Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorkland, Tim Haran, Michelle Stevens Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill, Alex Santi, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Brittany Hemingway, Eric Tomorrow, Nicole Davison, Three Irons SLC, Nikki Line, Nikki and John from over in New Zealand, and our good friend Ryan Prince uh, from right here in Salt Lake City. So thanks a lot, guys. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, go to IamSaltLake.com and then go look in the show notes for this episode. And there's some links in there on how you can support the show. What are you laughing at over there, Chrissy? You are laughing. <laughs> 
had something. It's just, you sound like such a great DJ. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, there are folks, you know what it is. It's all those years of telemarketing is, is what happens to me. You just have this perfect, like AM DJ voice. You know? it's, <laughs> it's great. Oh man. And uh, those guys, I love them. Thanks, guys, for being awesome. And don't forget, you can visit our website at IamSaltLake.com to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. And if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the show, share it with them. <laughs> like Chrissy says, our advertising budget is very minimal. <laughs> so is a handshake. It's it's not. Oh, wait, those are you can't handshake no, anymore. We, ah, high five through plastic. Yeah. So, so seriously, if you enjoy this podcast, chances are you have a friend that will enjoy it too. Yeah. So, hey, get out and enjoy the week. It's going to be beautiful this week. Uh, support local. Maybe go grab a sandwich at Grinders 13. And we're going to see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy. Thank you.